0: Before we get started today, I wanted to direct your attention to d2cplus.co, where we have $1 trials for our private membership community, where you're going to get access to all of our amazing workshops and challenges like the Influencer Flywheel Challenge, the Automation Challenge, and the Standout with Snapchat, our Snapchat uh, challenge that we just finished recording. you get a full course library. You'll get access to our private group. You'll get access to these podcasts uh, when they are recorded, where you can ask questions live. Uh, you're going to want to join d 2 and you can do it right now for a dollar. So you should go there right now. d 2 join for one dollar only and get all of that awesome D2C goodness. There's never been a better time to be a direct to consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to all killer no filler it is Friday and I am here with uh, the pilot house brain trust uh, across our executive and our creative teams to talk a little bit about how to grow teams that scale Uh, at pilot house we've experienced just an unbelievable growth spurt over the last uh, 10 months and it's been a, a thrilling thing to be a part of. Um, And so I wanted to gather the the gang together to chat about how we've handled this growth, how we've kept propelling it forward and what we see on the horizon. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. I want to give a special welcome to Jordan. This is his first time on All Killer No Filler. Uh, We have, of course, Cam Wind with us as well. Kyle Hitchcock, co-founder of Pilot House and Dave Steele, El Presidente. as as we say. So welcome to the potty today, guys. Dave, start with you. What would you say is the number one key to growing teams that scale?
1: Really good question. I've been thinking about it since, since I got the invite. I would boil it down to this concept of a scale culture. And what I mean by that is like what we've experienced, at least in our industry, as you scale you find more complexity, right? You you, you go out into the unknown. Uh, process is good to deal with that complexity, but it's almost done you know, retrospectively because you first have to experience the chaos, then build the process. And the problem with our industry is that process becomes dated so quickly, right? The things that used to work two months ago don't work today. So you almost have to imbue that process into the people and then it, it solves on an ongoing basis. You know what I mean by that? I think I do.
0: Makes me think of CRISPR and in instead of just doing the gene editing, you have to program in gene drives so that the gene drives can do the editing kind of on the fly. That's, that's a weird metaphor, but that's what, where it made me think.
2: We've had this, we've always had this this like idea of bumpers too. So like get the right people on the bus, like classic from from good to great. Um, but this idea of bumpers and, and different people for different experiences or different roles you know, bumpers come from bullying, right? Like you put some kids down a, a bullying alley and you start chucking rocks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some people are good at bullying and some people aren't good. And so the better those people get in their roles, the the less, um, the broader the bumpers, the less oversight, the less, the, the more trust and the more empowerment that, that they, they receive in our organization anyway.
0: But they need to be okay with chaos a little bit. Like th- I think that that's kind of what you're saying. You need to be able to sort of consume chaos and, shit out order
2: the word yeah. chaos <laughs> is negative is negatively yeah. perceived i think i think there's a good way to look at it like chaos is opportunity and so i think like framing it that way eric is is probably a, a more constructive way but i, I agree in, in in what you're saying
0: I don't think there's any ways around the fact that at an you know the the amount of moving pieces that you're you're going to have at an agency across you know a, a creative agency a media buying agency the the new the new clients coming on all the time the new the new uh, changes in the environment whether it's the ad algorithm or whatever there is you you can't help but have an element of chaos in the business and I think you have to be as you have to find employees like you say Dave that are going to be able to to handle that reality and then to be able to form order out of it with, the team mentality.
1: Yeah. And there's a few like boots on the ground, things you can do, I believe to imbue that culture, you know, the, the classic, it's okay to fail, you know, discussion, you really have to live it because what happens in the chaos, in the unknown is people trip, right? People make mistakes. Ads manager has a new checkbox that you for, you know, you forgot to check and now your, your campaign sucks. If, If you have a culture that says it's okay to make that mistake, but, but don't make it in silence, right? That learning needs to be cascaded across the entire team, whether the learning was from a failure or a screw up or whether it was from a win and by creating that visibility and that transparency, always, you really do have that sort of like that, that flying V pattern where the person in front of you who's tripping in front of you helps you and speeds you up to reach your next level faster.
2: We, yeah, actually, Dave, that's a really good point. The flying V. I think recently I heard you say, actually, too, like we've taken the typical hierarchy, the triangle, and we've actually flipped it upside down. So we're really pushing people in front of us uh, to, to do the things that they, that they want to do. I think, like from a, a management mentality, that, that's been a big difference. Whether or not the staff realize that, that that's our thinking or not, I don't know. I can see Jordan being like, oh, that's interesting. Um, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that, you know, Eric, you're talking about chaos, I, I read recently. Uh, the difference between an entrepreneur uh, is the only difference between an entrepreneur and a non entrepreneur is someone who looks at chaos as opportunity. And so that kind of ties into what we were saying earlier and what Dave is saying, and that and Jeff has said in the past a lot is that we like, we encourage entrepreneurial mindset and we encourage finding opportunities for people to excel in uh, the chaos or an opportunity that, that is derived from from said chaos. I love it. It
3: seems like these, uh, a lot of this is covering the same kind of thing we were talking about earlier about mindset. Um, You know, we, there's constant hiring about with the mindset of that, you know, we're going to give you feedback, straightforward and critical, but it it only is going to help you and the team align itself and grow further and faster. And so like everything with chaos, like Kyle said, is it's happening for you for sure. It's getting everyone aligned faster. Very cool. Also,
4: like the the sport, like talking about flying bees, like the sport analogy. I was like reflecting on that a lot last week. And uh, coming from a sports background, I just feel like this is just one giant sports team. Like I truly believe that, you know. And like you can structure it a number of different ways. Like we're sure one team, or like all of the divisions within pilotos are like individual teams, but. The commonality is that we all kind of know what like our stanley cup is in a way and we talk about it from like the moment we interview people all the way through to our internal meetings to one-on-one meetings like the first time i talked to a graphic designer who's like 100 creative driven they come in it's like your job is to create art that sells products like at the end of the day you're a marketer but you're using your creative talents to do it so it's like right away you're setting the framework for them that they know what their goal is and we're all working in the same direction and it's like it's just super competitive i love it it it, it feels like we're on a big team and that's why i think we can scale
2: so quickly yeah guys and just as we talk through we should approach these like these ideas not in an agency format but in a general whether you're a brand or any organization because you have cultural shift shifts too like millennial shift like people want to make their own decisions so like get your fucking ego out of the way and support that person and help them make good decisions. Right. You'll, you'll move a lot faster. I think that we can cover a lot of ground here.
0: (laughs) I I love it. And and we're, you know, with the way this podcast is structured here, we have, we have our, you know, our, our, hirer in chief with Dave. Uh, We've got our head of the creative team with Cameron, who's been allowed to sort of build his team. You've got Jordan on the onboarding team. And so I, I think, you know, building out his team of, of designers, you know, Navy Navy SEAL designers, you know, for our clients when they first come on essentially. And I think it speaks to Dave's idea of being able to, you want, you want to be able to put people in positions that also have this team growth mentality and, and, and allow them to hire like Cam, you're, are you doing your departments, all of your departments hiring?
4: Oh uh, yeah, on the creative side. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, Jordan's taken some autonomy with his like, you know, creative team and we are kind of obviously under like the same umbrella, but you know, they have their own purpose and their mission and we have our own purpose and our mission. We work to, to, you know, together collectively to, in order to accomplish that. But you know, we, we've, we've hired
2: a number of people. Yeah. Cam, the sports organization actually like, that's a really cool way to look at it. Not just like, let's take hockey, for example, you're a hockey player like uh you're on the ice you got your team but you have all these support systems too right and so it's like i don't know lindros It's Lindros. no not lindros who who went to management after after leaving the ice Chandros shanahan yeah yeah totally right and then i totally i totally see it there's like a set vision this this idea that we're all fighting for the same thing uh it's just i just loved hearing that thank you thank you for that
4: and like the chaos, right? It's like, you're going to, you're going to lose. There's going to be games where you play like shit, but <laughs> you've got a coach or a GM, like whatever analogy you want to use, like corralling the chaos. But at the end of the day, you, you know, what you're working towards. Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah. It's- and the, the team building, like, we're going to stick with the sport cam, like best time to build a team is in tournaments when things happen, when there's a lot of intensity around a certain a goal or, or a certain assignment and I know i can reflect on like something with each one of these panelists about a moment where we've kind of been in the thick of it where something you know might not have been going your way and you, you work together and after you come out of that you're much more open about it you know you've got a better rapport established with that person you can communicate better you can flow ideas through so like it's just there's so many benefits of chaos and it, it goes to that old adage of like it's happening for you not to
4: you Part of it too is like, I think, shout out to like obviously the exec team, but we have such a diverse exec team. Like everyone has their own leadership style, right? Like all four of them are are so unique in the way they communicate to the team and there's value in having all four of you there. And I feel like that's reflected within our our teams kind of like below you guys. So it's like important to put the right people in the right seats. And it's just like snowballed into this group of, you know, like 85 plus because of, I think that reason exactly.
0: I was chatting with a friend of mine who's uh, at at the point in his agency where he's, he's the main focus point of the agency and he's got a team of of people behind him, but he's the face of the agency. He's, he's really the bottleneck in a lot of ways. And he, and and he's looking at what pilot house does. And he's like, what's the secret? Like, you know, he was asking me for, for tips on or whatever. I'm like, well, first of all, you need four founders, uh, each of them with like a diverse set of skills, different management style. They challenge each other all the time. Uh, You need uh, you know, there's, there's a lot in in the makeup of our company that I really appreciate. And the thing that I would call attention to in this podcast is the idea of leading from the rear in the way, which is something that I think, Kyle, you uh, embody extremely well. And I think in an environment where there are so many moving pieces, having people on the founding team, um, you know, in alongside the the, the the troops leading from the rear, essentially has been a big component of allowing us to maintain, integ- you know, system integrity as we grow. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and the this fact that everyone's a me. little bit afraid of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love you, but there's, but you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. You got to have someone who's direct, but the, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like, it's a, it's, it's, it's purely just messaging to help encourage people to be better. It comes from a loving place. Um, I'm not an asshole, by the no. way. No. Um, ch-
0: but you challenge people, right? <laughs> and I think it's fair. And I think every, anyone who's worked with you would recognize that that you know you're someone who who is going to challenge ideas and is going to and 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 I and we I was talking I've been, you know talked about it with Cam the other day, but no one ever would walk away from those situations thinking that they it wasn't a valid experience, right? Like, and I think it's important to have people willing to challenge a lot of different things in an organization when you when you have as many moving pieces as we do.
2: Yeah, and just going back a bit, so I. You know, certainly we've talked about this in the past, but like Cam, you just said different personalities at the, at the owner level, um for sure. But like we, you know, we fucking battle in our meetings. Like we're like we're like we're like into it, digging in. We're like let's figure out the best opportunities. There's no egos about it. It's just like let's just cut through. Let's get to the best decision. it's Sometimes a decision makes six months, and sometimes it takes like a minute because someone comes up with a great idea. And that honestly, like. We've always been like that i don't know why it's just like let's deduct let's find the best resolution and that's why we're moving so quickly and that's why these guys are able to create these great teams so quickly because they're doing the same thing they're thinking critically and, and they're doing all those um different skill sets uh for sure across the board but you know it's also like there's like this stretch thing happening where it's like they've so far forward in vision and i'm so stuck in the weeds and then there's these two guys on the side that are like moving us around And it's just, it's just created this beautiful trajectory and this like, like fascinating uh, landing pad for talent.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. We've we've got some, some questions here that I think we just, uh, you know, from, from the DTC plus community, go to DTC plus.co. If you want to join Robin, who's on with us here is not the Robin Holdsworth, our designer. He's someone from DTC plus he was correcting us. So that's great to know. Um, Here's a question here. Early on, how did pilot House determine the type of structure they wanted? And what resources did they utilize to arrive at that conclusion? Is that hmm. a like question? It's it the structure is evolved as continually evolved. I would say, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess I'm assuming that means structure in terms of like departments and things like that. I think so. Um, yeah, I think it comes it comes back to this point of it was, it was chaos. We didn't know. Like we, we didn't know this would be the best and it probably isn't the best and we'll probably change it in two months. Uh, and just being okay with that, um, is, is really how we came about it. Like, I don't know if anyone else wants to, to, can you talk a little bit
0: about how we do structure things?
1: Of course. Okay. So we originally identified, like we were pretty media buyer focused, like that was our bread and butter, we were we were media buyers, and they we did everything full funnel, that was kind of our our shtick at the time. But then we realized that, well, if one person is doing the full funnel, and traditionally in an agency, you you stack up multiple accounts on a media buyer, and it's like, how can this one person possibly do a great job across three accounts, full funnel, that's ranging in, in skill sets, right, you have to be a great media buyer, creative director, uh, copywriter, like it just, it's just not possible. So we quickly identified, we wanted to go deep. So take as many accounts off their plate as possible. So they can be hyper-focused and then build the team. Like our whole, like our, our meetings, we go like 10, 10 to 12 people at times on a call being like, Hey, common objective. We need to sell the shit out of this product. How are we going to do it? And across all the skill sets, we can do a good job of it. So how that works is media buyers and a role we call the content manager, who's really the content strategist, like what's top of funnel creative, middle of funnel creative, bottom of funnel creative, what are all the angles we need to come up with to sell this product? Those two people are riding the same skis. Whereas traditionally you've got media buyers and creative people separated, creative you know, kicks over ads to the media buyers, media buyers run it, and, and there's no feedback loop there. So we, we really tried to cut through on something, uh, You know, Jordan, uh, Cam and, and the team have done a great job of really Uh, putting those two people and two components together. Those folks are supported by a number of other departments, such as the creative development team. So the content manager comes up with an idea as, uh, you know, collaborates with the media buyer on that. They kick it into the creative development team, which is comprised of graphic designers, uh, you know, video designers, um, you know, everybody who's got hands-on tools or, hands-on cameras they're also supported by the uh, comment moderation team so we've got a division that works exclusively on accounts to generate revenue from comments Uh, they work with the copywriting team they work with the landing page team they work with the ugc development team so the media buyer and, and the content manager up with ideas and then they can leverage this whole network of you know spokes on the wheel we like to use. So any engagement we we work with is like we don't care if you're doing it or we're doing it. What's important is that it's being done well. Every single spoke in the wheel must be strong for this wheel to roll fast. And if you want to scale speaking of you know scale strategies, you just can't have gaps, right? If if you got if you got great media buying, but your creative sucks, obviously you're gonna have troubles. If you've got those things, great, but you've got crappy customer engagement, comment moderation, it's going to slow you down. So if you do everything thoroughly, you know, you can scale a lot easier. Anything to add to that, guys?
2: Yeah, obviously the spokes in the wheel thing, like, you know, that's like our go-to pitch sentence. Soldier at every post drew at every post, that is also a killer if you're doing, if you're trying to close deals. But the, you know, the, the truth is it just, we vertically integrated all of the stuff that clients like pay and try to like manage themselves. We've, we've vertically integrated that and it comes right down into the like buying and owning the inventory basically. We've got full control of the whole stack above that and we want good partners and you uh, can handle everything else. Love it.
1: From the uh, we- creative side here guys, one, one piece, could you guys talk about like i think accountability is is the key word when it comes to departments and like why you need to vertically vertically integrate maybe Cameron jordan could you guys chat about like from a creative perspective the 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 significance that has made in our structuring
4: just putting accountability on our support teams
1: yeah how we hold them accountable or more so each i i believe each of those departments have accountability to the end result whereas typically you're not going to have that,
4: right? Yeah, I think it starts, like, and Jordan, I'd obviously love to get your thoughts on this too, but, like, I think it starts right from the source. Like, we we talk about, like, data-driven creative at the very, like, if if it's not a linear path, but if it was, like, that's kind of, like, the source of all of this, right? Like, creating content based off of opportunities um, from, you know, if it's Facebook, from the Facebook side. And converting that into an actual task to be our job to be done by our creative department so say it's a like graphic designer in this case so you build that package it up hand it to your graphic designer but that wheel in my opinion is not going to be effective if you have people that are siloed on the creative team you know taking task a completing it and then sending it back up the food chain and you know ready for task be like they, we going back to that like entrepreneur like we need to hire and we have hired entrepreneurs who like create the content they push it back and they're like all right i can't i can't wait to know how that's doing how is that gonna, like is that crushing is it not crushing okay if it's not crushing how can i do a better job like that we've just built that into the ecosystem and like you know that's an evolving process but and where we have you know weekly calls with our content managers and figure out how we can better communicate you know our creative performance back to our creative teams and we have we have you know calls with our creative teams and figure out what information they're lacking when it comes to the ticketing process so it's like this evolutionary process that we're going through in order to just like shorten the size of that feedback loop but it's super super important and it's something that we talk about with all creative hires like i don't think we're going to move forward as a team if a graphic designer completes a task and just like, ah, like that was great. On to the next one. Like we need them to be thinking about, all right, I know I did that, but how can, how can I do it better next time? Like, how can I create a better version of that to sell more products? They're a marketer at the end of the day.
3: Yeah. And, and, uh, just to build off of that. Um, I think no matter what the size of your company is, the, the ability to increase the speed of communication. And like we've mentioned so many times on this call is a feedback loop, something we're constantly trying to work work on and increase and get better at um, from every level, you know that 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 ability to let someone know uh, within days on how something's working if you can get that you know down to one day how much faster are you going to get the next piece of content out that's working best right and. And it takes a lot of work from both the content manager, the buyer um, to see you know what's kind of working what's not but the faster you can identify the, those trends and, and figure out what's working, um, what directions to head in. And, you know, that just comes back to communication every time.
0: And the big key it's incentivization as well, right? The big key. Yeah. I, you know, we don't know exactly how other agencies are, are operating with creative, but the fact that our creative team is incentivized to care about that and not just to, to hand off a creative and say, all done. The fact that they're, you know, incentivized to, to care how each creative does and to look
1: into that is is a huge part of it. I think hey, Dave, Absolutely. And I, I I often reflect on that, that in our world as a performance agency, it's, it's I think it's maybe easier for us to align incentives, which is a very, very powerful thing because, you know, when you, in our game, you sell products, you create results, we generate profit. Uh, you can then share that profit very easily. Uh, in some brands or businesses, it might not be so, you know, so linear. Like we can literally we value transparency. We literally just screenshot the invoice that goes out to the client and the team knows, hey, I get my percentage of that. They do the math. That's what they're getting on their paycheck. But the one thing that I think holds true across any industry or business is this value of value creation, right? It's just literally how can every role, whether you're in customer service, comment moderation, how do you add more value? How do you generate uh, whether it's uh, you know, just ge- just generate value and wins and share in those wins. So if you have a team, how do you just define if everybody was an absolute rock star and achieved these goals? How do I create a win for them? Right then, then when you have communications about their comp and their pathway, just set those clear milestones. Right. It's basic. It's it is pretty basic stuff, but it requires someone to really think about how can this person shine? Like how can this person add more value to the organization and grow? What's their what's their next level? And if they achieve that next level, they've created you know net gain for the company. Therefore they can get a piece of that net gain and just keep going.
0: Love it. I've got a net we've sorry go ahead Cam and I'll get to Robin's question after I was gonna
4: say like on the topic of incentivization, like non-monetary, I think that Pilot House has done also a cool job. Like know if you own a business whether it's creative or not like how are you encouraging your employees your team your whatever to to generate new ideas like throw stuff into the hat what does that conversation look like internally like you know on our slack we've got tips and tricks we've got creative ideas we have all of these like landing pads for people to just like throw good terrible shitty wacky whatever ideas into the mix and it's like hell yeah we like celebrate all those ideas and not only that like put it in the place where people are digesting content so like for us we have An internal conversation in Instagram, like, you know, so they can just throw it right into a chat and we can celebrate those ideas because for me personally, creatives think differently than like our media buyers do, and they get a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction out of just exchanging knowledge and ideas more so than they do data and and, you know, maybe money in some cases so you know, make sure that's something that you think about, like how, how are people getting fulfillment on your team and how are you encouraging like growth on, you know, the non-monetization side as well.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I, I like books. Uh, and if I was going to recommend a book for some people listening that don't, can't necessarily tie in a, a fiscal reward for everything like that. Um, delivering happiness by the recently passed, um, CEO of, of uh, Zappos, uh, you know, like they create a, a world-class, um, like uh, people, like the people who actually like customer customer management, customer rapport, building people who like, you know, it, it's it, just read the book. It's, it's a great example of like how you can kind of instill that culture of everybody caring at every specific uh, level of the company. You know, and I, I think it comes from the top, um, seeing how, how much Kyle and Jeff and Dave care about, you know, not necessarily the success of every brand, but success of the company as a whole and the employees within, I think that goes a long way uh, to, to demonstrate to your, your employees, how important they are to you and, and, you know, what, what it means for them to grow. I feel uh,
2: like man, we can. Do Jordan, it. I, I appreciate that. I can think of two this week that I almost fired because you guys' feathers were getting ruffled.
0: <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on Slack culture, because I feel, what, what like I, I just saw yesterday we're at 7,000 messages a day on Slack uh, in terms of how we can... Thank God they
2: don't charge on, on usage. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah, sorry. I just <laughs> exposed our Achilles heel here. Uh, okay, so we've got some good questions here. One of them is from Robin who joined us, which is awesome. He'd love to know more about the hiring and recruiting process. What are the first 30 to 60 days for a new hire? What does that look like in terms of training and onboarding? Great
2: question. I would like I would like to preface this with Dave being the visionary he is again. Uh, he identified that there is a group of people, or it might have been Stern. Anyway, this idea of going and looking at the people that you respect the most that you work with in your organization and then making decisions from there. With the table being set, Dave, the floor is yours.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. Just reflecting on um, Reflecting on that sort of, we, you know, we built a little bit of a matrix uh, to do with the core in people, right? They're the the foundations. We, we go foundations over skills. We would we would rather bring uh, a green junior person in and train them for skill, but they they bring with them that entrepreneurial drive, the the, the fundamentals. They want to be better every day, yada yada yada. Um, what's important there, so before we just get into the first 30 days, like the pre-screen is everything, right? Just today, Cam and I were having a conversation about someone where we just, we encourage them to really ask themselves, especially because we're hiring junior and they don't know the industry. Like, are you passionate about this industry, right? It's not even about just being passionate about pilot house. It's like digital advertising. Like, do you love this game? If yes, fantastic. This is gonna be a, a very rewarding pathway. But if no, you're gonna find that out in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and you're going to, you know, you're going to change gears. And that's, that's not effective for anybody. We really try and weed that out. So our stick rate is very high. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I I think our stick rate is, is quite high in terms of, you know, we really expose the darkness of this, of this industry. So whatever the darkness of your business or your brand is, like, that's the pre-screen. It's like, Hey, like, yeah, there's this black, this slag, this phone, this black hole in your pocket with 7,000 messages every day and you can get sucked in. You need to have the self-control to to manage that. Same with the industry in itself. It can become addictive, right? I mean, you're putting dollars into a, into a machine and you're hoping to get $3 out. Uh, like that's, that's addictive, checking your stats, making sure someone understands that. And they, that fires them up every day when they wake up, assuming we've, uh, assuming we have a, a value alignment there, they come on board and enter the first uh, the first 30 days, which really is knowing that they're often, uh, the first 30 days comes down to showing them the game, right? So learning by example, learning by shadowing, uh, you know, shadowing th- these guys, um,
0: Are those set meetings? Like, are you on on, every, in their 30 days, are they going to spend a certain amount of time with Kyle like, like, how how does that work?
1: hundred percent goal being stock their stock, their Cal with invites to things that are that are are ongoing. Go ahead, Kyle
2: uh yeah it's case by case and just going back uh dave this process Dave has mentioned is for juniors i just want to say that not everyone we hire is junior uh just for the record this is just a good filtration process to find those right those right uh junior process uh people um secondly uh Dave's point there about uh what was it it was
1: we'll go why don't you just give another perspective on that first 30 60 90 days yeah great
2: Totally. Yeah, we hired a a project uh, coordinator uh, for the onboarding group and literally her second day. This is after she's gone through the team screen. So there's another couple of things that we do just before I go there Uh, in that interview process. So Dave tees it up. Right. Dave likes him. He's got that good gut check. Dave's a big gut guy. I think you can have a conversation with someone. uh, That's that's a really good thing. Um, Then it goes to a team screen. So the team is actually a part of the hiring process. And they're actually scored on a report card basis. So, uh, yeah, totally. So they'll they'll meet with two or three people, and the 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 team actually is a part of that hiring decision. It's not all about what Dave thinks. It's not about what I think, because we want we want a rock star hockey team, right? Whatever that sport is. And so if if we don't have people who can get along with each other, it's just not. It, that's fine. It's not going to work. Like I thought it was great. Dave thought it was great, but two staff didn't. It's just not going to work. Um, so we get a score. It then goes to technicals. So depending on the position, creative is different. Cam J- Jordan, you guys can talk about the creative. I know it's a little different. For the buying side, we just grill them. Me and Andrew get in there and we just grill them. I say, "This is a horrible job. You don't want this job. Good Tell me why up. you want it." Yeah, totally. And uh, you know, in a nice way, but like just being straight up and honest and open about that, uh, showing the dark side that Dave was talking about but also talking about all the the benefits, um, career advancement, you're going to work with this killer team. There's all these great things, but we get really technical. And if they don't actually have buying experience in the case of a junior, it's like, did you play video games? Tell me about your favorite video game. Like what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite, whatever. I just try to get anything out of them. I can, that is technical. Uh, and if I have a good vibe, usually at that point, uh, we'll decide within 10 minutes in the DM through Slack. It. And it also will. sets that our baseline. HR will, our HR will send us the scorecard after, so that me and Andrew's decisions aren't aren't uh, confused. And then we go yes or no, and we just pull them in.
0: I like that idea of talking about getting them, you know, to, to talk about something that they're really excited about. If for no other reason, then you can sort of set a baseline of, mm. of their passion levels in a way, right? Like, okay, yeah. that you know, then you can get a sense of like, okay, then when we talked about ad buying, were they like that, or were they, you know, like I, I've got a lot of different hobbies, but. But and that I'm interested in a lot of different interests. But when people hear me talk about this industry, you know, they can tell that I'm that I'm psyched about it, not, just because I have to talk about it like eight times a week on podcasts and stuff. But yeah. yeah. And then
2: circling back to the first thirty days, like this yeah. project coordinator, like no one has time to train everyone on everything. So we have a schedule. Here's the things. Here's all our documents. Here's all our looms. It's in a it's in a drive. It's like not organized perfectly because it, there's always changing and people are always contributing to it. So there's this like team built thing uh, that that people can refer to, but part of the accountability component is you are expected to know this stuff. Like we're going to have a one month review and we're going to check in. Here's what I recommend you do. Go figure out who the players are, go figure out who the most important people are that you want to be like in this organization and uh, start booking calls. If it's a specific important role, like a very important role where we need to move fast on something more of a senior, mid to senior uh, hire. Uh, I'll, I'll be like, you should talk to this person, go talk to this person, go talk to this person. And they'll have those calls and they get a they get a feel for the the playing field, I guess. And then in, in a month or so, uh, while that's happening, ask as many questions as possible. If you're not asking questions, we have a problem and don't be shy. And in a month we have a check-in and if they're happy and we're happy, then we set goals for the next two months. And then we go three months to a year. What's your trajectory?
0: And what are those goals? Those goals are are account specific or are they just overall ROAS specific? What are the, what are those goals like?
2: We don't treat people as numbers. It's more about uh like like because everything is always changing, like it's not a person's fault if their campaign is is dying if they're proactive and on top of it and they they know who what to do pulling levers, getting creative and getting landing pages and it's not their fault if a product isn't working. There's so many variables. The 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 goals are set around what are the roadblocks that you need us to help you remove to accomplish where you want to go? And for every single person, those are different. Cool. It's messed up. Like it's actually insane. Like it's actually insane the way, the way this has come about, uh, and how natural it's been to to flow this way. But if we, if we, if we didn't, if we didn't get the wrong people, this is classic from good to great. We didn't get the wrong people off the bus early. And we didn't get the right people in this would all fall apart but because we have such a great team i think it's working
4: yeah uh, on on top of that hitch like what has been really fascinating is with this onboarding process you actually like ask people to basically grade you in the onboarding and it's like from day one there's an ownership of, of like you know after week one two three four you can actually tell us what you're missing and add on to this, like, you know, resource that we're creating. And it's really cool seeing how some people take ownership over it versus others. Like, you know, we have some totally. CMs who are putting together like massive documents on like, these are all of the questions that I had after week one and you should add all of this to it. It's just like, just builds over time. It's
2: been really, man. Cam, that's yeah. That's so cool. And I want to hear about the creative process too. Cause that's, that's, you know, 30 people in eight months or whatever it is like, mm. that's, that's incredible job that you guys have done. Um, but on that, on that, On that training manual stuff, literally in their reviews after 30 days, we're like, what can be included in this training material that you need? And then last the same question in 30 days or the 90 days. And in addition to that, I was just sat down on a 30 day review, like two days ago, and the whole question, all of the questions Ella were asking them were about how can we improve your hiring process and your onboarding process? And then she is just on her own optimizing that it's Mm -hmm. not about their performance outside of the feedback that we're giving them. Like you're not asking enough questions, how are you feeling here? But like Ella's like for half the review, it's Ella trying to figure out how to make your hiring process better.
1: Totally. Nice. One thing though to balance this, and I think the balance is important, is that as, good, as much as the process is important in that first 30, 60, 90 days, equally yeah. as important is their ability to swim. Right, we are known for throwing people in the deep end, sink or swim, and we want swimmers. Like, it, because when your account starts tanking and you don't know why, there is no manual. There's no process to follow. <laughs> you need to just buckle up, figure it out. You just got to take a ton of actions. You got to bang pots and pans. You know, get get people smarter than you to to come in and help you. And some people don't have that. They 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 will suffer in silence. And so similarly, when someone joins and they're on day, you know, day 14, they're either going to say, I'm way over my head. I need help. People, people help me and we come in, we help them. Right. And and like that alone was the thing that's going to a year from now, two years from now, when they reach that point where their account is suffering, they've got it. They will pull in help and they will fix their account and they will get back up on top.
2: Dave, that's such a, I want to hear about creative more, but just, it's so funny, because just because we're reflecting on our conversations when, after new people, it's like, didn't we hire someone? Yeah. Have you seen his messages in Slack? We are like, oh fuck, we have a problem. And then <laughs> like, where is this guy? <laughs> or where is this person? And it's, it's like the reviews start not becoming about their skills, but it's like, yo, you're too quiet. Like we have no idea what you're doing. You're not, you're not trying to participate. Like what's up? It's not about Do this do this do this it's like it's like like, yo just like get involved or you know it's not going to end well, but we don't say that it's just like
0: it's about the effort though. I like that. It's, it's, you're, yeah. you're sort of gauging that effort and that will to, to swim and, and, and to bang pots and pans as Dave says there. And, and really it's, it's the people in organizations that are hiders. I've been in a couple organizations where you'll find people that are, it's that same mentality of like, Oh, job's done next job. You know, that sort of mentality are also the same sort of people that, you know, could kind of blend in and, 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 and in, in an organization like ours, it's not really possible over the long term. I feel like just because there's so much, there's so many shouts going on. There's so much community, kind of communicative action. There's so many meetings, so much. Yeah, it, it, you can't really hide.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting for any organization, hiders and complacency. I think I think if. If if your organization. Wants to thrive, you get rid of the hiders and and you make it a place that it doesn't allow for complacency, because um, otherwise things will get stagnant. I and and
1: the simple answer there is just like, do you really want to be here? Like if. if yeah. If, You know, coming back to that sports team analogy, like we're in it for the championship, right? If we lose the game, there's the people who go off and play a different sport. And then there's the people who get back on the ice and practice because they're in it for the win. Right. And so it's really being transparent with people. Like not everyone loves this industry and that's okay. Like that doesn't offend me. I don't take that personally. If you don't love this industry. I encourage you to find, to get involved in the industry that you do care about. And I'll do everything in my power to make that happen.
2: We've two people we've had those discussions with this year and we didn't can them. We didn't, we're just like, do you actually want to be here? Is this like, does this interest you? Is this something like, it's all good. Just like, let's either like have a growth
0: plan or an exit
2: plan, but uh, let's just make an action. Love it.
0: Anything, Brilliant. Cam, we, we're going to get to Cam eventually here. How about now? Is there any, cause like you, you've grown the creative team, 30 people over the, over the last little while, uh, any, any insights on hiring creatives?
4: Yeah. I mean, on the creative side, there's like two different groups of people. We have client facing roles and then we have people in kind of like a support role who are on the tools. So, I mean, for when hiring content managers, the process really is very similar to what Dave was talking about with media buyers, but on the creative side, um, it's essentially the same process, but we do it in a different way. Like that last pre-screening that you're talking about where you're like basically grill applicants. We encourage people to come in and do like kind of like a work, you know, a working day at the office. So, you know, if you're coming in and applying as a graphic designer or like a video editor, like we're going to hand you two video projects and give you a realistic timeline similar to what it would be at pilot house. And like, let's, let's just have your work talk for itself. And you know, do a follow-up, review your meeting or your content. Sorry, like why are you making this? What did why did you do this? Like, yeah, go through all those kind of questions. And it's we let the work speak for themselves. Cause I think it's a little bit different, right? Like the creative people we hire on the tools often are more introverted than the you know, extroverts that we hire who are like data-driven accounts people, right? So we have to try and like strike a balance between those two types. But going back to that like communication in Slack. You can be an introvert and like Slack has it's never been easier to contribute ideas or be part of the conversation because you're just on the other part on the other side of the screen.
2: Right. So there's no excuse for people to contribute ideas. Um, so I think the extrovert introvert thing also is really interesting for an organization, or at least for like from, you know, per, pe- personnel uh, behavior or, or, or psychology or whatever. Like the word introvert is not negative. And I think people actually interpret it as a negative word, but it is not. It is equally introvert and extrovert. They're just two different things. And so yeah. I really yeah, like yeah, the way yeah. you frame that, Cam. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit different, but you know, like from the
4: get go surgery, like from the get go, okay. like, even when we were like five, six people, like a day in the office thing, like I remember joining pilot house and Dave was like, hell yeah. Like, come on in, hang out with the group, do some tasks for us and like, let's just see if it's a good fit for not only us, but for Jump you, guys, for you table. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, that's a really refreshing process like that. I'm not used to anywhere else. And it worked out great. And, and like we've been kind of rolling that across all of our creative hires where they come in do some work for us. And we just straight up see if it's a good fit.
3: I feel like you really get to see what the company's actually like when you do that, because if you hate one day in the office, you're going to find out that you're going to hate many days in the office. It's obviously changed. Um, and I think it's, touching on Dave's point about the the swimming analogy is hilarious because it's kind of like, we're all like one of those, those dancing aqua teams and we're all holding on to each other. You know, we're all going to either swim together or drown together. Um, and the new new people are in the middle of that circle, hopefully making the most noise. Um, and we're just supporting them up, but, uh, to touch on Cam's point, like about, about creative hires, I think it's, it's, it's kind of different and, uh, it's unique in the sense that, filehouse is very like um, what have you done you know we don't it's not necessarily hired off of your your merits of congratulations you went to this school you got these grades it's like oh you're you've excelled at this sport like this shows that you know you have a drive you're competitive you've you've got that that mission to win um, even coming down to creative I, I think it's it's super fun what me and cam get to hire on um, a little bit different roles but it's specified on like, I want to see what you've created. Like you could, you could have not gone to school and just been a, a master on the tool set since you were 11 years old. And, and honestly, that's, that's what we would hope to see that in communication. If, if they can show some cool things that they've done, that they enjoy working on these tools, just like people might enjoy the industry. They enjoy working, spending time on these, cause that's what they're going to do day in and day out. Um, that's, that's a win in my book. For the sure. collaborative
0: aspect of our team is something I'm always, always blown away by. Even just, I think it was Evan who got a promotion recently and people were congratulating him. And the amount of people that were writing these emotional phrases about like how much they'd learned from specific people or people coming in. Like, I, I forget who it was, but it was someone talking about how much, they, they thought were, they were a pretty good designer. Then they worked with Robin. Uh, and then they got a sense for all these different visual rules. But just the way that it, the team self-corrects and that everyone's getting better together is such a neat thing on the creative team.
1: And and I think that honestly builds into this, uh, coming back to the purpose of the call, start with the noise scaling teams. When the training occurs as a part of the way you do business, like that's, that's a positive feedback loop, right? Where the, the more you train, the easier it becomes to train because you've got more people who are able to train, but it's, it's not required as a uh, as an additional thing that needs to get done if it's built into the process, right? And so as Robin does his job, people observe people, there's visibility. So no matter what the organization is, create visibility, create transparency so that when there are wins, when there are learnings, they're learned across the team as opposed to just in a silo.
2: I love it. It's, it's just, just in contrast to that and and this like, super hype and all positivity and and whatnot, even the, you know, seniors and or uh, medium uh, skill experience levels, you know, whether it's five years, 10 years, whatever, um, you know, there's other, there's other, there's other tricks or challenges there too. And that those people come in with perceived expectations or mindsets on what something should be. And so on the flip side of, of this circle, we've also got people who are coming in with us to hold up these, other people, but they're swimming in a different pattern. And so (laughs) it's a Jordan's metaphor. And so that's also been tricky in uh, getting those people aligned and processed and like this energy and and all these things because they've come from different positions, obviously, which is different from pilot house, uh, just because we're insane. But (laughs) um, working with those people has been really rewarding for me also, uh, as a senior buyer specifically, I'm hoping he's going to hear this, but you know, taking his experiences and bringing those to the team and him conforming to the way that we're doing things. It's been a really cool process over the last six months and
0: uh, we're all stronger for it. Very cool. I have one final question here. Uh, before we, this has gone a little bit longer than expected, so I hope everyone's okay. Uh, Archit asked, "What did the hiring roadmap map look like, and how did you know the right times to expand offerings or new capabilities? What were the revenue markers at these times? This is what I'm really interested in because I feel like Dave's, you know, we we keep talking about it as a visionary here, but the idea of like building an 85, 90 person team, whatever we're at right now, there's you know a, a, a certain amount of risk in that. So I'm interested in like where you know what wh- like." Wh- yeah, these obvious choices to expand the team, were they obvious and what were you really looking at in order to make those?
1: It kind of goes to like this, this concept of like deep value investing, right? You're investing in something because there's, there's fundamental value there. You're not, you're not doing it because there's a, a, a fad. And it's like with some of the stuff we do, it's just, there's undeniable value, right? The clients, our clients generate profit when this gets done well. So the better we do it, the more we do it, the more profit that gets generated, that's what we're aligned to. So it's just, it just becomes a no brainer, right? Just hire, 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 because all hiring does is it increases our capacity to do that thing more. And the more we do that thing, the more we get new business, because our in our, in our game, there's basically, you know, client acquisition and talent retention. Those are the two biggest challenges in, in our game but one solves for the other right If you can retain the talent, you can attract the clients. And so the to, to unpack that a little bit, it, it comes down to if you can do a service that has fundamental value, just trust that right Trust that that value uh, should be invested in hire the people there.
0: And as you expand out from that, that core offering, if the value is expanded, like, especially in the, in the agency game with attribution and things like that, it's, it, it is so, there's so much value added as you're able to offer different pieces of that marketing puzzle, right? There's, there's, there's a, a, a growing momentum that happens there as you take over email. And as you take, you know, as you can get a, a higher, uh, you know, a deeper integration with a client and a higher overview of their whole business and your role in it, it's going to benefit. Yeah. Your position as, as an agency and give you better ability to succeed.
2: I think also it's just, that was a great question, by the way. I think, uh, Dave has always been very good about understanding that you need to build and acquire talent before you're making profit. And I think maybe a difference is that, you know, Dave's and us, we started Helm, uh, Pilot House, apologies. We started Pilot House, um, with the intention to become, you know, a very large player in this space in Canada. I think, you know, our goal has landed on Canada's largest performance oriented marketing business. Um, so we're, we're well on our way for a couple of years here. But the the important thing there is that we decided to invest and invest and invest and invest. And invest. And that was a decision that we made. Uh, risky indeed. Uh, we're not in it for immediate profit.
0: Nice. Well, so invest in the future, go deep, uh, hire amazing people like the ones that we have on this call. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on all killer, no filler today. Uh, any big plans for the rest of the, the Friday? What's going on No, Just
1: probably a hike for me. Got to get off this uh, this exercise ball here.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, enjoy the hike. Uh, thanks again, guys, and we will see you soon. See you on the foosball table. Yeah. Peace.